Hello and welcome to War Chat. I'm Grant. I'm Joey. And we are back after a week absence. It was just kind of a just kind of a lapse of time. Life were a little busy. Yeah. Right here we're changing from the summer season to to We had to rest fall. and recuperate our forces. Mm-hmm. You think we would have plenty of time though since it's COVID right now, but Yeah. That's still busy. Life, life must go on. Yep. And today so, we are on the uh, our Roman second Roman. episode of season two. Woohoo! Fanfare! Yay! Oh. Yeah, we don't have a sound effects board. I am the sound effects board. <laughs> um, we have to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, we are in ancient ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week we talked about the ancient Greece, basically, and now we're to ancient Rome. Probably one of the most glorious and powerful empires that have ever lived and inspired more empires, you know, several, several hundreds of years after, especially like Napoleon's empire. He was really inspired by the Roman system. Uh, And of course, some of the other dictators, everyone has always been inspired and have tried to kind of copy Roman imperialism. Um, and Darth um, Vader. Yes. <laughs> we, we talked about the last episode about the Greeks and the fact that they, um, America is kind of here because of them. But really, Rome, we are here because of. Mm-hmm. We're here today because of a lot of stuff that happened in Rome. And one of that is actually the spread of Christianity by Rome. Well, not by. Rome. Rome was actually quite against Christianity, but um, the ability for people to spread Christianity on the Roman roads and with how Roman was sophisticated, Rome was sophisticated, they were able to spread and thus... Well, they were the way- most kind of semi-civilized empire that the world had really ever seen that that had so much power for such a long time. About um, years is roughly... Yeah, the Romans. So I just mean they're they're they had their glory days, which just brought to the world a more just sophisticated. The Romans were not fully sophisticated; they were a little bonkers, but still they were really the first kind of the against all the other you know primitive people of the world. They were really kind of the most sophisticated um, race. And actually, if you were a Roman citizen. The Romans were not at all brutal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I say that is, everybody knows pretty much crucifix- what crucifixion is mm-hmm. because of because of Jesus and the Bible telling the story, uh, the history. It, it's kind of it's kind of what I want to say hist- uh, story, but history of Jesus on the cross. See. If you were a Roman citizen, you could not be executed by uh, crucifixion. Mm-hmm. It was against the law to be executed in that manner because it was too gruesome for a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. Which is just an interesting bit of tidbit of knowledge, um, which is fairly interesting. Um, but yeah, the Roman Empire has a lot of history, uh, especially especially for Christians. Like I said reiterated that it it kind of played a key role in their civilization of the spreading of the gospel 
um, which is very important, as we know, and is the reason why America's here today. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back, they they were the city of Rome in the beginning was not much more than a um, couple mud huts collected on a hill. Literally, that's that's literally how they started. And there's a lot of legend that kind of surrounds the real kind of what how the early Romans came to be. There's like a couple different, um, couple different stories and legends. I know you've probably heard of the the two brothers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, raised by Sheewolf. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ro- Romanus and uh, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah, there's that, but then there's other legends. So we don't really know exactly a clear uh, a clear story of the how the really, really ancient um, Romans came about. We do know, of course, that they were some sort of tribe that was literally living in mud huts. That was Rome, basically. Three mud huts. And somehow, through wars and different guys and brilliant minds, they it turned into the supreme Roman Empire. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, it was, I guess if you look at it, it was kind of natural for a village like that to grow. Now, some of them didn't grow as big as Rome. But it was pretty natural. Well, for... it takes. It depends on the kind of the the people yeah. you have in there, their initiative. Um, some people were just naturally some, and I mean, it was just for being so ancient like that. It was kind of the the clan system and kind of just tribe system was very tribal. So honestly, I mean, it was just kind of it was kind of like which tribe just took and wanted to take the most initiative, and the tribes that the Romans were first kind of tied to were clearly very initiative, uh, took a lot of initiative as far as uh, uh, colonization uh, and war efforts and kind of really, you know, not not totally power hungry, but just a little, taking a little more initiative than maybe other tribes that naturally wouldn't take initiative. Yeah. So really the first time that you start to see um, the Roman Empire appear, if I'm right on this now, um, don't hold me completely to it, but it was around the year 300 BC. Mm-hmm. That was where you really started to see the spark in Rome, like, this is Rome, they are a military power, they're going to fight you, and they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the date went from me, but Really, what's here's the funny thing because it's kind of how the Roman Empire began and how it ended. So, um, it was and the tribe has went from me, but a an invading tribe came down from uh France and attacked Rome and sieged Rome. It was around the time whenever it was starting to become, you know, not like a medium sized city, not like a big city or even a country. It was around the time it was about a good sized city, you know, not not though the large metropolis it would be during its empire days. And then if you were a landowner, that's the only way you could be in the Roman militia at the time. Is basically a national guard. You didn't fight unless you were called up. And at that point, whenever this tribe came down and attacked Rome, 
their the Roman Legion, as it was called, that's what Legion actually means, was actually their National Guard. Um, they uh, they got massacred. And so this the survivors of that said, okay, we have to have a standing army and we have to go on the offense. And so that's really how they started to grow. They started to wage wars on neighbors, you know, neighboring cities. Because that's the weird thing about is back then it wasn't like a country to country. It was city to city. Mm-hmm. If you were part of a city, that was your country. You didn't really yeah. have a nation mm-hmm. for the most part. Now you did have Babylon and stuff like that and the Syrian Empire. But outside of those empires, it was just city against city, including Greece. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it would be like you'd have your empire, but within that empire, you'd have cities that would just fight each other. Like yeah. we talked about like last week in Greece, there was a whole Greek in, then there was a Persian empire, but within Persia and within Greece, I mean, you have all these little cities that were constantly waging war against each other. Yeah. So, so it wasn't that, like what people think of like Romans, as we say now, modern Romans, like being all under the one same flag. You know, you think of all of them together before in the ancient, really ancient early times, it would all, oh, you'd have all this scattered, not there. It was all out of disunity and not unity. Yeah. So, so that they started off very major fighting against neighbors. And it got to a point where they started to fight other nations, more powerful nations that had fought off their city states and became actually nations. It started um, having a good record. Yeah. I their fighting Corinth? styles started to was it was it Han was it Han, was Hannibal from Corinth? I'm trying to remember where Hannibal was from. You know who I'm talking about though. Yeah, Carthage. Carthage, not Corinth. Yeah. Was, I knew it was a city. He was from Carthage, which is North Africa now. Yeah. Um literally if you go from like the boot of Rome and go straight down, that's where Carthage was at. Mm-hmm. Um and they waged wars over I don't know. I don't remember the exact amount of time, but they waged multiple wars, including one time whenever somebody Hannibal had the bright idea. They call it bright military maneuver, but he lost all of his elephants but one going through the Alps uh-huh. to attack Rome from the north. I mean, it may be a bright. Anyways, that was Rome... that was like I said. Uh, Hannibal kind of came in once Rome was uh, a little more established. He came in and Carthaginians, the Carthaginians were always a kind of thorn in the Roman side all the way to kind of a, the to the bitter end. And there was actually three different Carthaginian wars. Um, but how, like I said, once Rome was established, we all know the emperor system. Um, you have your yes. systems of emperors and the Senate. So they had their very distinct governmental system. And also their very distinct militaristic system of fighting. They fought in these little, you know, and they'd have their legions. And in within that legion, you have sentries. Um, and you have these, like we mentioned last week with the Greek, they, they had an interesting fighting technique that a lot of the, of the world that the people knew, they did not really, they had no concept of this new fighting technique. The usual, like I said, the usual strategy was mass your forces into a huge clump and just charge at each other while the Romans now introduced fighting in short and in small groups, like regiments, kind of like how we know further on to like the Napoleonic 
Civil War era, fighting in regiments of about, you know, 100, 100 to 200 kind of guys um, clubbed together. Um, they had, like I said, they had the Romans uh, bore really, really uh, big old rectangle shields. Um, the official Roman name is not with me, but they were giant, uh, heavy shields that could really propel a whole man. Um, they carried a short, short, short sword, um, a very thick, short sword, a gladius that was perfect for jabbing and bashing um, and a certain kind of spear, which they had a very unique spear to to only Romans. It, it wasn't really the spear that that you would kind of imagine. It was kind of a. It was more of like a javelin that they also were trained in throwing so they could use it as uh, defense and also offense. But when we think of like, you know, the phalanx or something from Alexander uh, the Great, um, their spear was completely different. The Romans compared to yeah. other known world spears. So in their early in the early Roman days, um, this fighting style, um, they're, they're very di hard, disciplined Roman troops. Um, very disciplined, uh, tough troops were just dominant against any kind of tribal people, tribal warfare. Um, they could just assert their dominance easily and were and built up a reputation, uh, a brutal reputation of just really getting the job done. And any defiance, you'd be massacred. So uh, kept a really iron fist on and ended up expanding so well. Um, expanded like every empire they keep asserting their dominance until their uh, <laughs> power gets them way too stretched too thin so here they are stretched so thin and that's when problems start arising now this is over a course of several years so we're not you know not not, a, not the full thousand but i just mean this yeah. the years of conquest there were that was a few years before problems started settling in, but the problems started started settling in when the Roman Empire got too cocky and overextended itself. And when you overextend yourself, um, not only do you are you do you start running out of manpower, you start running, you just have more places to fill. And a problem that almost every empire really fails to forget and to think about is adaption uh enemy adaption which that's another factor the the barbarian tribes the these tribal people that the romans had so easily wiped out the survivors are starting to the romans were basically starting to get very predictable the roman strategy worked great for like a few years but the barbaric people started it just they started adapting to the Romans. The Romans did not take much initiative except for their old style. So every single battle I fought, they're like, all right, do plan B again. Oh, oh, good. Plan B worked again. All right, another battle. All right, let's do uh, plan B again. Like they never had they never really did much strategizing. They just kind of went for what they what usually worked. So these barbarian people started studying this and getting smart. They started getting smarter. Um, and notice that, like, oh, well, yeah, this is what the Romans are going to do again. That's their perfect strategy. So the Romans, do the Roman dominance started turning into their weakness with these barbarians learning that all you had to do was basically attack them at the right or the left. You know, they started finding weak points. And that's when the Romans started having harder times fighting battles. 
They were very confused yeah. at why they started losing, especially the emperors. They were very confused. They were like, why isn't it working anymore? But it was really their fault of just being way too overconfident and spreading themselves too too thin. Yeah. So I want to just point something out. And actually, so all of the Roman uh, weapons and armament was actually stolen from uh, – some of it was stolen from other countries – especially once they conquered or other city-states, they borrowed a lot of the stuff that they conquered. And so whenever you see a Roman legionnaire at the high point, you know, around the switch from B.C. to A.D., that is typically stuff that they had conquered and stuff like that. So that's what mm-hmm. became what, what we know and recognize in images as a legionnaire. Mm-hmm. Um and interestingly about the, about the javelin or spear, which way you want to look at it, is it was designed as throwing. But if you ever look at a picture, it the metal part of it is very long and it is very thin. It has like a shaft and then there's a spearhead on the very end of it. The reason for that is if you threw that at either a person or a shield, it would go in and then it would bend. So if it was on a shield it would, you couldn't run with the shield anymore. Mm-hmm. If you hit that with a shield and it penetrated the shield, you could not run with the shield because it's about seven feet long, I believe. And so you would just run right into the ground and you couldn't run with the shield and that would slow you down. Or if it went into you, you couldn't run anymore because it would like... You got a spear you in you. <laughs> yeah, you got a spear in you. It was like a typical short spear and it was kind of hard to pull out too. Um, <laughs> but it was made to bend so that it would be impossible to remove. Um... And you already covered the gladius, but yeah. So, so that that's just an overview of early early Rome into into problem times. And like I said, we're doing a very 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 overview of the whole empire because it's a lot to talk about. Like I said, um, we're not going like we did last week. We're overviewing, but not going super into depth. We're just kind of yeah. looking at the Roman Empire as a whole. Um, and you know, you have you have brilliant figures. Well, brilliant figure um julius caesar um probably the greatest roman the greatest the single greatest roman emperor the other ones didn't learn anything from him augustus did pretty good but after augustus it kind of went downhill from there yeah they had yeah yeah they had a lot mostly bad emperors yeah yeah nero especially and several several that were just very 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 incompetent and mentally insane Nero was really the bad emperor. All the rest of them were typically just incompetent. Like they weren't really like bad, like Nero's bad, but they were more incompetent. They did not know how to lead or control their country. Yeah. Um, but really, if you look at it and just look at the Roman Empire, Nero is really where Roman power ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they last about till I think, if I remember right, it's about till three hundred A.D. The, the last maybe mm-hmm. give or take a few years, maybe 480. Anyways, it's around that time whenever they just finally fall apart and they're just like, We're done, it's over, we can't take it anymore. Um, and you and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Hannibal, of course, earlier. He's basically he is known for being Rome's greatest enemy, um, as he's called, um, the greatest barbarian, uh, that ever faced him. Um, he did not conquer Rome, uh, sadly in his career, he made a lot of mistakes that he could have 
that he could have taken Rome. He he was he he came to about like a mile away from Rome and undefended Rome, and he for some reason didn't attack. So he had a lot of strategic errors. Maybe it was because he lost his eye. Um, but he was, like I said, a Carthaginian, um, and Carthage had already, as always, kind of been a, a pain in the Roman side. So he uh, he had a history. He fought, like I said, from uh, he began his war against the Romans all the way to Liberian Peninsula, which is in Spain, and worked and fought uh, all the way around down straight clear into Rome. And from Spain to Rome, you can kind of see that's that's a good little distance. And yeah, he had no problem defeating the Romans because he and his generals had studied uh, Roman tactics so well. Um, so he was basically the uh, the key figure to basically, I would say, just the downfall and kind of the the opening up of other barbarian tribes to to kind of see a pathway that like Rome can be defeated. They're not really the top dogs that they think they are. Mm-hmm. The, the reason why, it, I heard about this actually, the reason why whenever he got within a mile or two of Rome is the Romans were sacking uh, Carthage at the same time and mm-hmm. he was recalled to defend Carthage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't understand why he didn't just press the attack, attack Rome, and then the, where the Romans going to come back to after they destroyed Carthage. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But uh, like I said, he didn't succeed, but he did succeed in kind of opening up a door that to other barbarian tribes. Um, and eventually, yeah, the barbarian horde became way too much for the Romans. Like I said, the Romans were overextended. They did not they did not have brilliant emperors ever since Julius Caesar was the, the only emperor that really showed a lot of initiative and really uh, uh, took up a pretty uh had the most brilliant mind, I guess. There were other good emperors. They weren't all bad, but Julius Caesar was the the one who really, really took Rome to the height and the level. I just mean, if they had other emperors like him, maybe they could have survived a little longer, but they had just totally overextended themselves and being spread so thin, they just could not, uh, they couldn't keep the hordes, barbaric hordes at bay. Um, like the Goths, the Visigoths, the Gauls, um, tons of these hordes of of men, Germania. yeah, and uh, Germanic Germanic people, and they basically, yeah, they just victory after victory, just kept pushing Rome until um, Rome just totally collapsed. Um, I want to go back. I I really wanted to say something about Carthage, and then I have something to say about the Germanic Wars. Um, during one of the Carthage Wars, probably the first one, the Romans had there was a lot of them. Like I said, lots of yeah. Germanic. Lots of Carthaginian wars because, like I said, Carthage was a thorn in Rome's side for a while. During one of the Carthage wars, probably the first one, the Romans did not have a navy because it was the first time that they ever really came up against somebody that had a navy. Mm-hmm. And so they captured ship, tore it down, rebuilt it, and designed all the ships like that. But they're like, this is stupid. Why would we sit like 50 yards apart and shoot at each other with flaming arrows and try to sink the other one? They really were the first ones to come up with the idea of boarding parties or marine, what marines became in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, of just kind of like re- like they would drop, they would they would send they throw ropes with grappling hooks on them, they would pull the ship close, 
grab drop this boarding ramp on there that I'll run across and board the ship and fight it like fight like infantry. Think about that. Think about having the tortoise formation of Roman soldiers coming towards you and you're just a sailor. Mm-hmm. Think about trying to fight that off. Yeah. Um, think about Germany. You said that their tactics the German tactics were foolproof, but they were only designed for flat open ground. The place where the Germans got them at is the the Romans were unwilling to adapt and change their tactics because the Germans lived and fought in forests in northern Germany. Mm-hmm. And that's where they got them at. That's where the German tribes got them at was the fact that the Romans just wanted to keep them in their tourist formation, but it won't work in the woods. Yeah, You have to have a fat, flat battleground, battleground to fight on. So really just overview of Rome and what all um, and being Romans being so, like I said, the first kind of glorious empires, you could say, um, they just were very, they did take a lot of pride um, for their country. Like I said, they were the first, you know, the, the emperors and the Senate, the, the architecture. Uh, everybody knows the Colosseum. They know all the grand buildings and everything. They took, you know, so much pride and there's a lot of uh, beauty in it. Um, except for the gladiators, that was kind of weird. Um, that was very see. Like I said, Rome was civilized, but not really civilized. They were civilized in some ways, but really not civilized at all. If you look at it, um, yeah, for the times they were very civilized, but the times we know now they were barbaric. Um, but their their glory system was so cool, especially militaristically. Like they had, they established kind of the the standards um, that no other official like they had gold casted standards. Um, they would have their famous eagles of the legion. Um, the legions were basically armies, as you could say, corps. I guess legions were like a core system or an army system. I don't know how to compare them. Just kind of how we would know. I don't know battalions, divisions. Um, it's kind of the numbers are a little off, but the every legion would have kind of an eagle, um, and sta- uh, gold uh, casted standard. Sometimes they even had custom, uh, custom ones. Um, had a lot of interesting for that particular uh legion. Um, that so that that instilled a lot of pride for the men and their soldiers. That's why they were cast is not only to be. Uh, they were all Romans were all about they were very pagan they're all about kind of their they had 50 different gods for every different day of the week um, and emotions so they not only represented some uh, some of the Roman gods but also they presented a reputation to remind the troops of their reputation so in battle they could look at that standard and remember their beautiful reputation because they would have they would have different standards that had different symbols symbolizing their great victory against these uh, barbarians or what they did at this battle. So you would have very interesting kind of their own, their, 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 their own pieces of art. You would have very interesting sculptures on these, these gold casted sculptures of just their great military feats. So it was made to kind of have this certain strength, certain pride that it kind of, join the whole force together all the men together um especially eagles this is something that napoleon was very much inspired by uh, when he made he did the same with his uh grand army 
he made uh, he cast gold, big gold uh, eagles that would go on the flag ends of the flags for every regiment. Um, and like I said, to instill kind of they were made to instill kind of a pride um, for the men, a pride for their unit. Uh, it was made for just kind of a, to to kind of like I said, to keep the reputation, to just to conjoin. And, and this is important. This is very important. This is something that the old military leaders wrote about. And this is something even Napoleon realized the importance of, of the importance of this, of the kind of special mascot standard is it just not only strikes fear in the enemy, but also it it keeps the its own men kind of joined together, like banding together under this eagle, like, you know, and the feared reputation of it and learn remembering the reputation, kind of inspiring. It was very inspiring for the troops, especially in more battles and, you know, to lead them to victory. So they were very, very glorious and strong kind of people. The Romans, like I said, certainly brought tons of advancements um, scientifically, uh, physically, all tons of advancements. Um, so they weren't all uh, terrible. They just, they just could have, they should have taken a little more things into account, not overextended themselves, and not gotten so overconfident um, that they had just uh, got themselves so spread out that they were, they were basically just helpless towards uh, barbarian invasions. Because, um, like yeah, I said, yeah. their system, their system wasn't the best as far as keeping diplomatic relations. Their system was basically, you're under Rome now. Uh, you resist, we'll put your head on a pike. So their their system of, uh, like I said, diplo diplomacy was really maybe not the best, but it worked for a few years. But you know, when barbarians started kind of wanting revenge for their murdered families. You know, that's that will kind of backfired on the Romans. Yeah, and here's kind of just like a final, a final thought um, or story or whatever you want to say. Um, the the Romans really established the first discipline, you know, like having discipline. Like, yeah, like a discipline fighting force. Yeah. If you fell asleep on duty, you got executed. If you ran in battle, you got executed. And the reason why that was because in a phalanx or in a Line of shield, you if you run, you jeopardize your whole unit. Uh huh. And so they could not have that. Also, if a group of soldiers uh, deserted, they would all have to draw straws, and whoever got the short straw would get beat to death by all the other ones who all had deserted. See, in that, um, in that lovely advancement. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Advancement. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of the final thought of how Roman did. Uh, I know it was a little short, but uh, that's 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 what I got for tonight. That's the kind of yeah. That's just a kind of simple. Want to have a simple just overview of the whole Roman Empire. There's so much, so much to dive into. So much individual emperors, um, so many stories, so many conflicts. Like I said, Rome, the Roman Empire lasted a thousand years. So I just mean, you know how long a thousand years is. I mean. Uh, such a reign, such a glorious reign, saw so many uh, advancements, so many wars. There's tons of things to talk about, but, you know, we'd have to we have to make 30, 40 to 50 episodes just to uh, cover every single emperor and its years. So there's tons. Um, we encourage you to to if you want to dive more into and 
um, study yourself on certain things you'd like to know. Cause I said, there's still, there's really awesome stories. There's a lot of things to learn about. Um, the campaigns of Hannibal, that's really, uh, interesting and other wars, um, I guess the Germanic people, the Goths and stuff and the Visigoths, all, all really cool stuff. But what we've done it tonight is, um, giving y'all just an overview of basically Rome as a whole. It's going yeah. to keep it simple sometimes, you know. Yeah, the, and really the reason why we're even doing the season is to build a basis for American history, and that's really yeah because it's all I'm connected. Like you said, I mean, if we didn't yeah. have Rome, um, a lot of us, I just mean, they were they were the colonization power, so no yeah. one would be around without the Romans. So it's just kind of a basis that we're building off of. Um, we're just trying to build up towards America and. Season three will probably be more in depth. Um, hopefully, we'll have Stephen back for some Civil War episodes. Uh, I'm because we kind of did an overview of war, of American history. I really want to go back and dive in some more. I know that we can do a whole season on World War Two mm-hmm. because there's just so much there. World War One was kind of crazy, but anyways. So that's what I got for tonight, and we will see you in the next episode. Um, what are we doing? Uh, next episode. Uh, we need to consult about this. We I wait. Know no, we know what we're doing next. We just won't tell y'all. We just have to decide. It's a secret. No, no, no. We know what we're doing. The next twelve episodes. We we studied and we uh, we found out everything we're going to do three years in advance. We know everything. We're we're going to keep it a surprise for y'all. All right. We'll see y'all in the next episode. I'll see you later. Bye.